Let us pray together. I love the Lord, for he has heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that there's no one like you on this earth. We just want to thank you so much, God, for being able to know who you are, for being able to have a relationship with you. For God, we could search this whole world looking for the love to fill the emptiness that there's nothing on earth that can compare to your eternal glory, to who you are, oh God. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for hearing us when we cry out to you in our pain. So God, speak to us at this time as we're now in the middle of July and as we remember the word steadfast for this year. As we're past the halfway mark of this year, let us continue to remain faithful. And for those who have fallen, or for those who feel like they have messed up, I pray, God, that you will lift them up once again. And God, and you say to us right now to get up, to get up and to fall in your grace once again. To be yoked with you. For God, with you, everything is easy. And my burden becomes light. For God, you are with us. So God, we choose today not to remain lost in our emotions, but we choose today to get up and to worship you with our hearts, oh God. So God, as we know that your presence is here with us, and God, your presence is here with us. And as we transition now to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts as a church, as members, as listeners, I pray, God, that we'll be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, my strength and my redeemer my King and my Lord, my everything. Lord, we give everything to you. We submit everything that we have at your feet, O oh God. Speak to us, Lord, for we are hungry and desperate to hear your word and to hear your voice once again. We thank you. We love you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Hello, everyone. We're now in Job series part four, and the title of today's message is called Job's First Test, The Lord Gives and the Lord Takes Away. I'll say it again. Job's First Test, The Lord Gives and the Lord Takes Away. As Christians, we must expect setbacks. We must welcome hardships, anticipate sorrows, and we must accept heartbreaks. Calamities, it will strike on the Christian and the non-Christian alike. The difference that as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit as our guide and our strength. It empowers us from within. We have joy when there's no reason to be joyful. We have hope because at the end of the day, we know that this life is not everything. This flesh that we have is not everything. But we have eternity with God even when we take our final breath here on earth.
Therefore, as Christian men and women of God, when we go through trials, when we go through tough times, do we say, Lord, why? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Or do we say, yes, Lord, I submit and I accept and say, what are you trying to teach me, Lord? Do we say, here I am, Lord. Use me during the season of my darkest trial. Even when I do not understand why I am in this situation right now. Do we say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me, Father? Therefore, it is not a matter of knowing the why. Because at the end of the day, we will never know the why. We'll see at the end of the series, Job never really gets an answer. Except that God is God. However, it is a matter of how I respond to God, how I respond to trials in life. What is it, Lord? What are you trying to teach me, Lord? There are three things that will happen, and these are side, three side points when we go through adversity. Adversity will do three things. Number one, adversity will reveal your character, who I really am and what I really believe. Number two, adversity will strengthen your character. Depending on your attitude, depending on how deep your roots are planted in God, adversity will strengthen your character. When storm comes, we will be strong because our foundation in Christ is found in Christ because our foundation is strong in Christ. Number three, adversity will break your character, meaning adversity will test us to the core of who we really are, to the core of who you really are and what you really believe. Adversity will weed out and destroy superficial faith. But to those who are in God, will grow deeper in God, downward in their roots in Jesus Christ. Adversity will strengthen their genuine faith. To those who are genuine men and women of God, adversity will strengthen your faith than ever before. Therefore, the question, how deep and real is your faith today? I'm going to ask again, how deep and real is your faith today, this afternoon, on this very day? Let's go ahead and read our main passage for today. It's found in Job chapter 1, and I'm going to go and read from verse 12 to verse 22. Starting verse 12, it says this, The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, Everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Verse 16. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. 
while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. Verse 21, and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin, but charging God with wrongdoing. In this passage, we see Satan is trying so hard to prove his point to God that salvation is not forever, and in fact, it can be broken. He was trying to prove his point that humans only remain faithful if they have blessings and prosperities due to the blessings and the prosperities that they had. He was saying, take it away, God. God, take it away, and they will reject you to your face. And what we see here in verse 20 and verse 21 and verse 22, it says, At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin, but charging God with wrongdoing he fell to the ground he got on his knees he worshiped and he praised God and he didn't sin against God by charging God with wrongdoing in fact he proved Satan wrong so as we see here as we go through the points today with each passing face And as the story progresses, you'll see that it will get worse and worse for Job. Now, just to understand what phases are, an article in Forbes titled, Four Phases of the Coronavirus Pandemic, it reads, it says, in verbatim, the article says, in looking at the experiences of the Asian countries that entered the COVID-19 crisis in January, I believe that the pandemic will play out over four phases in the U.S. Phase one, infection, ran from January through mid-March. In this period, there was no social distancing and no active management. The virus was passing quickly at a one infected person infects two people rate. We are now in phase two social distancing, which will last from March through mid-May. In this period, we'll see infections in the U.S. rise to 500,000 to 700,000. The after effect of phase one peaking in late April or early May. At the same time, the infections are increasing. Social distancing, the shutdown of schools and work at home for businesses will have a significant impact on the spread of the disease. The societal investment will pay off as a number of new infections will begin to decline in late April and then begin to plummet in early May. We will then enter phase three, management. 
which will last from mid-May through the end of the year and into 2021. Pandemic management protocols, PMPs, ways of working, traveling, congregating, eating, moving, and connecting will have to be constructed and maintained by governments, companies, schools, and all organizations in society. Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Singapore, and China are now in this phase with workers societal rules example face masks and gloves and the strict and strict governmental management of the population using tracking apps and police enforcement of quarantine for the sick and those who are entering from other countries but schools are reopening people are eating in restaurants workers are going to work and the populations are resuming a form of normal life this management phase in the u.s will necessitate strong governmental intervention and rules likely requiring masks and gloves for everyone in public places like subways and very strict enforcement of quarantines for the ill there will be new breakout of infection but with improved public health response availability of tested antivirals and near universal quick testing they will be managed and curtailed as part of their PMPs companies and other organizations will have to build their own logistical systems vetting people before they enter office buildings carefully monitoring and managing their workers health and condition and limiting travel and gatherings Forrester is currently gathering worldwide PMP best practices. We'll be analyzing them in our forthcoming research streams. Phase four, eradication, will occur in April, June of 2021 as a vaccine becomes available. In the beginning, before all this pandemic happened, we didn't realize how serious this whole situation was going to be. We thought this was something that was going to phase out. But we understand now we're in phase two. We understand that right now we're in a place, right now in a place, we're in a difficult time where everybody is struggling. We need to literally change everything, our lifestyle, everything. And we understand the phases, the different phases of what we're going through right now in our current situation. So just like Job, in Job's case, as each phase phases, it gets worse and worse, not better. Remember, this is Job's first test. This is an attack on all that he has, not on the man himself, just his belongings. So let's begin with point number one. Let's go to phase one. Let's go ahead and read verse 13 through 15. It says this in verse 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. Verse 15. The Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Sabaeans from Sheba were tall in stature and strength. We understand Queen of Sheba, she came to, to see and witness the wisdom of Solomon, to hear Solomon's wisdom. These individuals, they may have come from the line of Ham or Shem, the sons of Noah. But we understand these were strong, powerful men and women, physically tall in stature and in strength. 
And we see that here the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword. And there is only one individual who escaped, who came and told Joe what had happened. Phase one, Sabaeans. Let's go to point number two. Phase two, verse 16. While he was still speaking, Another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned other sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Again, it's happening one thing after another. It's not something happens and then he has a moment to grasp and, ha- and to understand. This is happening all at the same time, one after another. The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned the sheep and the servants. And I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. The focus here is not the fire of God. The fire of God is not sent by God. God did not send this fire. Again, this keynote is that this is not fire sent from God. The writer recorded it as fire of God because it came from above. In their minds, these were written in the view of human perspectives. They have no idea what had transpired in the heavens. They had no idea what the conversation happened. The conversation was between God and Satan. But in their eyes, they saw fire that came from heaven most likely lightning. So lightning had come down from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants. And only one individual had escaped. Again, all this is done with God's permission. And Satan is able to attack Job's things and not his physical body. And we see here the fire of God. Lightning had come. It fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants. Phase two. Now let's go to point number three. Phase three. It gets worse and worse. Verse 17. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Chaldeans, semi-nomadic individuals, people who are known for their violence and war. They're known for their looting. They're known for their raiding. They're known for their plundering and robbing the innocent, prowling around like Satan looking for someone to devour. We witnessed a little bit of the looting last month with the violence that occurred. These individuals were known for war, looting, raiding, plundering, robbing the innocent. And what, they, what happened here in this passage, in verse 17, it says, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Again, it gets worse and worse. Let's go to point four, phase four. Focusing on verse 18 and 19, it says this. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. 
and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. I mean, Job literally gets no break. While he was still hearing about Chaldeans in verse 17, right away in verse 18, it says, while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and gives him one of the gravest news, that his children are now dead. Most likely a tornado, a strong wind. Tornado, it lasts for a few minutes, doesn't last that long. Hurricanes, it may last for days and weeks. But we could assume that this is a strong wind and this was a tornado that occurred. And it says, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. Only four individuals survived. And these were the witnesses. And let's take a look at how Job responds to these tragedies, to these hardships. And we're going to point number five. And this is our last point. And point number five is this, Job's response. Let's take a look at verse 20 to 22. At this... Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. Verse 21. And said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And in this point, point number five, I have three sub-points for us. Letter A, Job grieved well. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Job grieved well. Job did not hide his overpowering grief and sadness. Meaning in tough times, grieving is crucial. It is absolutely necessary. To grieve well is key. I'll say that again. To grieve well is key. Grieving helps process your pain. Grieving helps process the emotions you are feeling at that very moment. The unfair treatment, the injustice, the wrong thing that happened to you when you were young. It helps you understand, helps you process the pain, process the emotions that you felt in that very moment. Emotions, the emotions that came out of Job revealed his humanness. The fact that Job grieved, the fact that he fell to the ground, the fact that he tore up his clothes, the fact that he tore up his robe, it revealed his humanness, revealed his genuine love for his family. Emotions are not bad, for emotions were created by God. It was given by him, and we have, as human beings, we are emotional beings. Therefore, expressing our emotions through anger and sadness is not sinful or wrong. Just don't sin in your anger. Just don't sin when you are lost in your emotion. But I believe with all my heart, because the scripture tells us so, 
that even in our emotions, even in the, the highest peak of our anger or in our emotion, that we can avoid sinning. For the Holy Spirit empowers us and strengthens us. Again, expressing our emotions is not sinful or wrong. I mean, Job, he got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. But what did he do? He didn't curse God. He fell to the ground in worship. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. I mean, the humility of Job, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised, 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 praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. To grieve well is key. Grieve well to be well. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, grieve well to be well. Job grieved well before God. Let it be. Job worshipped the Lord. This is the most important. Reacting right in worship is crucial as faithful men and women of God. As Christians, reacting right to God in worship, reacting right in trials, in hardships, in adversity is crucial as Christian men and women of God. Job worshiped the Lord. Let us see. Job did not blame God. Job did not cast blame on God. Job did not take this opportunity to curse God, but it tells us in verse 22, in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. What did Job do? Three things. Job grieved well. Letter B, Job worshiped the Lord. Letter C, Job did not blame God. Job grieved well. Job worshiped the Lord. Job did not blame God. Verse 21, 22, and said, naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. And I'm closing with this. There have been some tragedies that have occurred in our church. Unfortunate events that have occurred uh, this week last month and just during this whole pandemic it has occurred during this pandemic you know our loved ones getting sick you know people losing their jobs loved ones passing away and i have a challenge for you today and the challenge that i have for you is this is to get up it's to get up it's to get right back up and do it again and don't quit get up get up and do it again we're now in July. We're going to be hitting August soon. Remembering the word, our vision word, steadfast, just like the banner in the back. Remember that we must remain faithful in God. And that even when you have messed up, even when you have fallen short, even when unfortunate events have occurred in your life, tragic things have happened to you. You need to get up. And you need to remain faithful. You need to do it again and again and again. We must have the attitude and approach life as Job did. 
the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So again, I have a challenge for you. Get up. Get up. And get up. Excuse me. How you doing? Glad you come by. Can I talk with you? Sure. Can you do it outside? So you're going through with this? Yeah, I start training tomorrow. Hey, Ralph. I made some connections. I could make some money on this endorsements. Absolutely, do that. Thank you, Ralph. Sure. Okay. So you nervous about the fight? They're scared to death. You don't look scared? Well, you ain't supposed to. Then you don't have to do it. Yeah, well, I think I do. Y you know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you. Every day was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother.
you know, Rocky series is one of my favorite series. And in this movie, in this scene, I love the line. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. This is what he tells his son, his only son. Again, it's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. No excuses. No more making excuses. Or why I'm not there, I'm not here, I haven't made it. Placing ourselves as victims to our situations. You are overcomers. You can be victorious in Jesus Christ. I pray with all my heart that our attitude today be, God, you give, you give, and you take away. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. And may your name be praised forever. And may we not sin against God by charging God, by blaming Him for our situations, for blaming Him for the wrong things that has happened to us. Let us remember who God is, that our God is steadfast, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He will never change. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep falling forward. Keep falling in His grace. If you have fallen, fall in his grace and do it again and again and again can we take this time right now please close your eyes with me and let us pray together with our eyes closed with our eyes closed know that the presence of God is here with us know that he is here for us that he is here right now and he knows what you're going through he knows everything that's in your heart right now he says before even a word is on my tongue you know it completely oh lord no matter where i am god is here with me he is everywhere he is omnipresent he is all-knowing he is omniscient and he is all-powerful he is omnipotent as remember last week's message he is here with us right now he knows exactly what you're thinking he knows exactly what you're going through he knows you better than you know yourself so right now with our eyes closed with our eyes closed can we take a moment right now to pray let's ask God to come Ask God to come and to touch us to the core of who we are. Let us enter his presence with humility as Job did. Let us come to him right now and surrender our lives to him. Let us just bow down on our knees and humble ourselves before the Lord and seek his face. Let us worship him right now. Let us pray. Let us pray. Can we pray together? Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, as Job prayed, naked I came. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised forever. Let us not sin against you by charging you of wrongdoing. For God, you are God who is good, and you are God. You are God, and I am man. 
I am just a human being. I'm just an individual. Who am I to question you, O oh God? God, when tragedies occur, when things, when, when things happen to us and we don't understand, oh, let us remain faithful. Let us hold on to you, God, at this time. Let us trust in you. Let us hold on to you. Let Deep Roots Church be a church that holds on to you tight, that will never let you go. Help us to hold on. Oh, we're holding on. Please watch over our members, especially for those who are heartbroken right now. Oh, God, come. Have your way with them. Speak to them. Minister to them. Comfort them. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Father, come. Speak to them. Watch over them. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You refined us like silver. Test from God is a blessing from God. Amen. Always trust the testing of God. Always trust in who God is. Trust it. Testing from God is a blessing from God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. In this passage in Romans 5, there are three phases. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and for your unending grace. Father, we do not deserve to be here in this place with the blessing that we have. And God, even if you were to take everything away, 
Lord, may your name be praised. For God, you are good. For God, I am not following you for the benefits. I'm not following you for the blessings. I'm not following you for the prosperities. But I'm following you for who you are. For simply because, God, you are God. And you are my Lord. And you are my King. And God, you are my Savior. And you gave it all for me so that I could have life. So God, I surrender myself to you, God, at this time. We as a church, we submit ourselves to you, God, at this time. We realize and we admit and we repent of our sins. That God, that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. That God, that it is by your grace that we have been saved. So with the grace that, has, that, we, that we have received and from the overflow, from the relationship and the love that we have received from you, may we become your workmanship to do the good work that you have called us to do, to live faithfully. Let us be like Job. Let us get up and fall to the ground and worship. May we say, Lord, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord gives, the Lord has taken away and he takes away. And may the name of the Lord be praised forever. And may we, may we not sin against you, but accusing you of any wrongdoing. For God, no matter what, you are good, and God, you are faithful. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, in my prayer. And God's people pray. Amen and amen.